It's your boy, Joey B. Nice, and you know what time it is. Let it flow. It's your boy, Joy B. Nice, and you know what time it is. Let it flow. For coming on. Let It Flow, uh, Better You, A Better Me podcast. And uh, I wanted to use this platform today to uh, uh, kind of educate a little bit about uh, credit and, uh, you know, how it's good and how it can be bad. Uh, and I know that's your expertise. So uh, let me give a proper introduction. Uh, Mr. Paul Lester, uh, 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 carries the expertise of dealing with credit repair. So I asked him to be on the show today to, to let's discuss it. Um, you know, we're dealing with the pandemic. We're dealing with people being affected yes. across the board, across the board. Um, I know there are people that were established in credit and now, you know, they're going through issues with that. What, what are you seeing right now at this time? Uh, I'm seeing quite a few people who are in that exact position where uh, they were doing pretty good credit wise or they were working on some things, getting themselves together credit wise. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and it threw a monkey wrench in a lot of people's plans. I'm seeing people who are dealing with a mortgage and two car payments and several, several credit cards and uh, something else like a boat or or another vehicle or or something along that line, and you know they're having to juggle a lot right now with credit and you know we're seeing a lot of deferments right now on student loans. We're seeing a lot of deferments on uh, house payments, and so uh, a lot of people have been impacted uh, credit wise through this pandemic. Okay, uh, you know as we all know. The pandemic doesn't know race, color, creed. It doesn't. It's hit That's everybody. True. It's hit mm -hmm. everybody. Uh, what would you say is one of the first steps in in dealing with, you know, with the creditors and just dealing with the issue at hand of going from I had good credit, now all of a sudden I've I've got this on my plate right now to where my credit is going bad. I'm I'm losing things, my house, my car. I'm getting behind on my student loans. Uh, you know, at, at some point you got to say time out right. and, and and try to deal with it. What what is your suggestion on that? The the first thing that I would say is to contact each creditor and see what programs, see what options uh uh see what um uh, programs that they may have, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of companies have set up uh, some sort of mechanism to help deal with uh, the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic on people's finances. 
you know, companies understand that uh, jobs have been uh, really uh, a touchy subject. And uh, we, we know that the job market has been just totally volatile uh, mm-hmm. in, in the last year to year and a half, even before the pandemic, it was a little volatile. And so what a lot of companies have done, because they recognize that all of these, you know, as you said, there is not just hitting one particular demographic. It's not just hitting one group. It's hitting everyone. And these companies are realizing that it's hitting everyone. And that's who their customers are. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, And so uh, they've uh, a lot of companies, uh, a lot of creditors have set up mechanisms. They've set up uh, programs to help people deal uh, with the effects of uh, the pandemic on their finances. So the first thing I would say is contact the creditors um, and and see what options that the creditors have. Uh, the next thing I would say is contact uh, uh, your particular state that you live in. Of course, here in the state of Indiana, uh, where we live, uh, there are programs uh, that the state of Indiana has set up um, to help people with um, uh, coronavirus relief. And so uh, I would reach out to your local congressman, mm-hmm. reach out to the state of Indiana and ask to see what programs are available, um, because a lot of the mechanisms that are in place are not talked about or not talked about very much. And so uh, you may have to do a little digging to find those. And it's easier to find that information uh, if you just contact the state of Indiana and just let um, the fine folks who work for uh, our state uh, government and our state administration lead you in the right path to getting you to the resources that you need to help you deal with this pandemic. Okay. Uh, without giving too much uh, information, private information, that is, not that you would do that, but what are some of the common denominators that you see when people come to you uh, seeking help? Uh, what are some of the common issues? Uh, One of the biggest challenges and and i would say the the uh the the two biggest challenges that i see with people um one uh, a lot of people have medical collections um it's just one of those things that happens uh to a lot of people and and it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't matter um what demographic it doesn't matter uh you know i deal most of the people i deal with uh are here from indianapolis doesn't matter east side, west side, doesn't matter from Greenwood, doesn't matter from Avon, uh, doesn't matter. Um, a lot of people are dealing with, with medical collections. Uh, the other thing that I see often is a lot of people are dealing with credit card debt. Uh, people, it is amazing how people will have anywhere from eight to 15 different credit accounts and they're drowning in credit card debt, credit account debt. A lot of people have, you know, lines of credit and credit cards and all these different credit accounts and, you know, high usage on on at least half of the accounts. Um, So those are two common things that I see. Uh, Another common thing that I see uh, is people are really at a point where, um, you know, they made some mistakes years ago and they're trying to uh, learn some new habits, learn some new disciplines and come out from under those mistakes. And they've done well for themselves pretty much for the last two to three years. It's just that, you know, that mistake they made, that car that got repossessed four years ago or um, that credit account that got closed three years ago. 
And now it's messing with them because now they're trying to get a house. Now they're trying to get financed for this, that, and the third. And these things are coming up now and causing them some problems. And so they're coming to me uh, for help with those things and say, how do I deal with this? How do I address this, you know, charged off account? How do I address this bankruptcy um, that is on my account? Um, Because a lot of people are dealing with bankruptcies, too. It's just it's 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 a lot more common than people would probably realize that people have either filed a chapter seven or a chapter 13 bankruptcy. Uh, It's really, really common. And a lot of people are now, even though they're able to do some things Mm -hmm. credit wise, um, you know, for the in the first two years or so, really within the first six months after a bankruptcy, you know, they've come to some places where now they're dealing with the bankruptcy is preventing them from getting finance. So uh, okay. those are some uh, the most common things that I see. So when when it comes to bankruptcy, would you would you say is there ever <clears throat> a good time to to do bankruptcy? Is is bankruptcy still that cloud that's over you? Do you ever get too far to where that's that's the best choice to go? For some people, bankruptcy is the best way to go um, for for some people. Um, it's never a good thing. And even in the most um, accommodating of circumstances, uh, bankruptcy is still a horrible thing because the bankruptcy affects your credit for, t- for 10 years after it is discharged. Now, um, as I said moments ago, you can... Uh, really within the first six months, credit card companies will start sending you offers within the first mm-hmm. six months after your after your bankruptcy is discharged. So you can actually start uh, rebuilding your credit and people have been successful in rebuilding their credit within the first two years after the bankruptcy was discharged. Um, but we've come to a place now where, uh, as I said, bankruptcy is preventing people from getting finance for certain things. A lot has changed uh, in the credit world. And so I always tell people, and, and and I have a lot of people that come to me and, and ask me, should they file bankruptcy? I always tell them, bankruptcy is the last resort. Okay. You you don't if if you can prevent from uh, filing bankruptcy, do that. I'm basically the guy uh, who prevents a lot of people from filing bankruptcy because the truth of the matter is, a lot of what people are facing. Um, We've been socially conditioned, even in the African-American community, we have been socially conditioned to believe that bankruptcy is the answer, uh, the immediate answer. And, you know, probably I would say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that might may have been the viable solution. But so much has changed within the last 10 to 15 years. And really a lot has changed within the last five years to where people now have multiple options to be able to rebuild financially, to be able to rebuild their credit and not have to necessarily resort to bankruptcy. Okay. Let's, let's swing back to uh, the African-American community. Uh, would you say with the lack of education, uh, the way a lot of people come up, you know, uh, single, single parent homes, uh, credit is not talked about, uh, uh, job security is not talked about, building, it's not talked about. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of that? Are you surprised by some of the things that people don't know that seems to be basic, but they just clearly don't have the knowledge of it? I will say this. Um, the fact that credit is not taught 
in school. Um, that affects everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference with the African-American community is that, um, unfortunately, in our community, there aren't a lot of other resources or a lot of other avenues where you learn about credit, particularly within um, our culture. We don't really talk about uh, credit in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as in our culture, we've been conditioned to believe that that's something that, um, you know, that's something white people have access to that we don't have access to um, as a minority. And we've been socially conditioned to believe that. And so, you know, everyone goes through um, this, the, the same challenge as far as this is not taught in schools. This is not taught in high school. This is not taught, um, you know, in junior high. This is and, and in, in most cases, not really taught in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if it is taught in college, uh, it's a very surface teaching as far as credit is concerned. But there are really no real mechanisms as far as in the education side that properly teach people how to prepare to deal with credit in the real world. Um, The difference in the African-American community is that um, unlike other cultures, we don't have any other place within our culture where we can consistently go to to learn this information. And so it's, it's been one of my personal desires uh, to educate as many African-Americans as possible. Because again, a lot of what we have been socially conditioned to believe is we've been conditioned to believe that we don't need credit. That if we got cash, uh, we can get it. And even in cases where we have to use credit, we still, and, and again, a lot of this is social conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, where we, we will get, and, and I see this all the time, um, in the black community, somebody will post a picture having just bought a Chevrolet Impala, um, and and talking about I'm I'm blessed, um, but they're paying five hundred dollars. They're paying four hundred ninety nine dollars a month to drive that car. Four hundred ninety nine dollars a month. That looks suspiciously like five hundred bucks. Yeah, and don't even know the interest rate. They they don't they don't just know, know the they were able to pull it. <laughs> they, they they just know that they were they were able to walk into the uh, the car dealership and walk out of there with that car. They're paying four ninety nine a month for it. They're paying five seventy five a month for this car, and the car should be like three hundred dollars a month tops um, for that Impala. And it's because we don't know what we don't know. And well, so, I think a, a, another part, another part of that is, it's it's that thing of look the part to try mm-hmm. and be the part. Yeah, you know there are a lot of people looking the part, the big home, the nice car, uh, but behind the scenes, you know, this is in my mother's name. This is, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I see a lot of that. I hear a lot of that. And uh, again, part of the reason for me starting Let It Flow, A Better You, A Better Me podcast, is talking mm-hmm. like yourself. I hope that we can talk again and uh, do another segment because I, I know we can go on and on and on about this. And uh, the common denominator of what I'm seeing is 
just information, the, yep. the, the knowledge is just not there. So uh, we, we need to get that out there. Um, even myself, I know I graduated high school in 1985. Today, the day after graduation, I got a job at Ellis Airs downtown. Okay. I got a credit card that same day that I, I got hired. Oh, I, went and, I went and bought me a Ralph Lauren polo shirt. I had my <laughs> Levi's and my pink socks and, you know, but I didn't know anything about credit. I just knew I graduated. I got a job. They offered it. Mm -hmm. It catches up with you. It does. Yeah. So once again, in our community, and again, it affects everybody, but I've just noticed just the lack of of education. And then it's a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Then we, you know, we, we go into businesses, we'll pay full price at, at point A, but then you come over to point B and you want to do the price down. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, you want to backdoor something. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still baffled as to how that got put on us, how, how we grab that and, and, and take ownership of it, you know? Well, a lot of that is really, you know, we have looked at how it has been portrayed in television and in movies and in music. Mm-hmm. And that has been portrayed. Um, and even in social media, uh, mm-hmm. in, in some aspects, that has been portrayed as being cool. That has been mm-hmm. portrayed uh, portrayed as being okay. That is, uh, I, I said this a while back, and it uh, actually generated some discussion uh, among some of uh, some of the people on, on my Facebook friends list, um, I said that one of the th- we there are a lot of things, particularly within our culture, that we have been conditioned to believe are okay, and they're mm-hmm. really not. Um, and if we really take the time to really step back and examine, and and even from the standpoint of what we're talking about here, if we really took the time to step back and take a look at how we look at credit. Yes. And how we look at finances, um, how we look at, and as you said, you know, being more concerned with looking rich than actually being rich, you know, mm-hmm. being more concerned with looking well off instead of actually being financially healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we really took a look at a lot of our practices and really evaluated them, step outside of the lens of our culture. Um, and 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 even going beyond our culture, just going beyond the lens of what has been socially acceptable among everybody. Yeah. And if we really stepped outside of that and really took a look at uh, what we do and why we do it, we would find that a lot of the things, a lot of the ways that we look at finances, a lot of ways that we look at credit are simply not conducive to us getting to the goals that we've set for ourselves. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, let me ask the question about co-signing. I, I, I hear parents that, yeah, my, my daughter, my son just just graduated or, you know, they, they asked me to co-sign. Uh, when it comes to an adult co-signing for an adult, mm-hmm. what what is what is your take on that? Uh, Honestly, I would never um cosign i always recommend never cosign now okay. if it's a situation where uh 
you know, it, it really, a lot of it depends on the situation and okay. who's doing the co-signing. Now, for example, uh, if you're talking about, let's say, you know, a cousin wants you to come and co-sign for something, I would never co-sign. Um, and, and the reason I would never co-sign is because in today's volatile financial world, you co-sign something and that goes wrong, that reflects on your credit. So you have to be really, really careful about co-signing. And even if you're co-signing for a son or daughter, um, you have to really be willing to take on that debt and be prepared to take on that debt uh, should you choose to co-sign. Now, mm -hmm. the reason I say it depends on the circumstance, as you mentioned, um, a parent you know, co-signing for a son or a daughter. A lot of times the reason why that happens is, you know, the son or daughter is graduating high school, they're getting ready to go into college, um, you know, they're trying to help, you know, the child establish credit. Well, again, because so much has changed within the last several years, we now have more options mm -hmm. that a parent can do without having to co-sign a loan or a, a car loan or anything like that. Um, there are ways that parents can help uh, their children begin to build and establish credit without putting themselves in financial jeopardy. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, and 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 I, I think that's probably most of the problem is there's so much out there that if we did know these issues probably wouldn't exist. So with that being said. Uh, in the church community, in the black church mm -hmm. community, uh, do you think there needs to be more emphasis tied in to, uh, uh, let's say, uh, uh, life experiences, how we live mm -hmm. life and how we need to do certain things? Absolutely. Uh, I 100 percent uh, advocate that. Uh, in fact, um, part of what I do. Uh, is I actually do seminars, uh, free seminars for uh, churches, ministry groups, business groups, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, life experience is one of the greatest teachers mm -hmm. um, that you can have. And truth be told, life experience, I, I have prevented from making a lot of mistakes because of other people's life experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and so I am an advocate of that. I think there needs to be more uh, of in, in today's and, and particularly in, in, in the black church, there needs to be more uh, sharing of experiences from real life experiences on how to, you know, have healthy finances, how mm -hmm. to build a healthy credit profile. Because, again, as you have said earlier, there a lot of this is not taught in our community. Mm -hmm. um, Basically, most people um, in the black community, if they're told anything about credit, here's what we're told. Pay your bills, pay your bills on time. You'll have good credit. Yeah. That's and that's what we're told. That's the extent of what we're told. Well, the truth of the matter is you can pay your bills and pay your bills on time and still not have excellent credit. Wow. Now, you won't you won't necessarily have bad credit. Mm -hmm. But you can pay your bills and pay your bills on time and still not have excellent credit. You can pay your bills, pay your bills on time and still not have good enough credit to get 
a house loan, a car loan, things of that nature. So it's those kinds of things that we have to begin to unlearn in our community mm -hmm. um, to, to get the right information uh, to be able to, because the thing that we have to understand, particularly in our community, is this, everything works by systems. Mm -hmm. It is a system. Credit is a system. Everything works by system. Your car works by system. Your clock works by system. Your body works by the system. An environment is a system, ecosystem. Everything works by systems. And if you learn and understand the systems, then you know how to be successful. And our challenge in the African-American community is that because we started out not having access to this information, we have used it as an excuse to remain ignorant. And now today we have no excuse because that information is now readily available to us, if nowhere else, by other black people in our community who are willing to give us this information. Yes. Uh, can you briefly give us a, a kind of a roadmap to how do you go about establishing good credit? Uh, I mean, because is all credit good credit or is there some credit you don't want? certain credit you want to start with to build to hire and when i when i'm saying that I, I'm, I'm saying you know some people will start off with let me get a car first or i'm gonna get a house first or i'm gonna go and get a department store credit card first is there a certain roadmap that 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 leads to, to absolutely that? i would say uh if if you're starting out and you're trying to um established credit. Uh, the first thing I would say to anyone who is looking to establish good credit is this. First of all, I will say pay your bills and pay your bills on time. Um, there are a lot of things that can be done to help credit and to supplement credit. But the one thing we cannot do is pay your bills for you. Mm -hmm. Pay your bills, pay your bills on time. That is a good place to start to build credit. And the reason why I say that is because 35% of your credit score, the biggest chunk of your credit score is your on-time payment history. So if you get in a habit of making sure that you pay your bills and pay your bills on time, that is a good place to start as far as establishing credit. Now, uh, I would say that if you're going to buy a house and a car eventually and all that, first of all, I would say this, buy your house first okay buy your house first don't buy a car until about six to eight months after you've bought the house oh wow okay, okay. buy your car and, and i would actually say if you can wait 12 months um because and one of the reasons why i say that is because um one of the things that impacts your credit 10 percent of your credit is your credit inquiries you don't want to have too many inquiries into your credit in a 12 month span. So I always tell people, wait about eight to 12 months after you've purchased your house, mm -hmm. let your house get on your credit and get some uh, good months in where it is, is report, reported positive payments, on-time payments on your house. That will help build your credit up and make it easier for you to get a car. Um, so just knowing when to purchase certain things. Um, but starting off, um, pay your bills, pay your bills on time. Uh, the other, another thing that I would say is pull your credit reports. Okay. And now, you know, uh, the, the credit bureaus are now allowing you to pay uh, through, uh, I believe it's, uh, oh 
what is that uh, website? It it just it escapes me. Um, FreeCreditReport.com. Okay. FreeCreditReport.com. You can actually go to Free Credit Report. You can also go to AnnualCreditReport.com, um, and the bureaus will allow you to pull your credit report. Usually, you can pull it once a year, um, but okay. the bureaus are now allowing you to pull it every month until April of next year. Okay. Um, so pull your credit reports, look at your credit reports, uh, do it often, uh, do it as often as you can, monitor your credit reports and make sure that nothing is showing up on your credit reports that you don't recognize. The FTC has did a study and found that one in every four people, one in every four adults in America have an error on their credit report that is probably costing them money and they don't know it. Oh, wow. I, I see I see people all the time. I look at credit reports all the time and you would be amazed at the stuff that is on people's credit reports that they don't know is there. Um, for example, I had a, a, a client who uh, two years ago, one of her credit card companies reported her credit card payment late three months before the month actually got here. Oh, wow. Literally um, reported uh, let's see. This was I was looking at her at a report. This was last year. This is this is a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, her credit one of her credit card companies reported her May 2018 payment late in February of 2018, and because she had not looked at her credit reports, she didn't know that that had happened. Right, right. now, a late payment affects your credit score for seven years oh wow for seven years she had paid that payment on time but the credit card company had reported it late okay so she was dealing with her credit score being impacted for almost two years before she knew it was there and she only knew it was there because i looked at her reports and began to compare things and noticed that something was off um that's part of the service that we provide is uh, aside from credit monitoring, we actually will go through your credit reports with a fine tooth comb and we will look at how is it listed in Trans TransUnion? How is it listed in, in Experian? How is it listed in Equifax? Are they listed? This, is it listed the same way in all three bureaus? Is the, is the credit type the same? Is the amount of payments, uh, the amount that you owe, is all of that the same? If any of that is different, uh, if, it, excuse me. I didn't know that was coming. Um, But um, if any of that is different, then we dispute that. But a lot of people don't realize that they have things popping up on their credit report that is actually helping, hurting their score. And so they're Mm -hmm. thinking, I got to do all this stuff to build up my credit. And they don't realize they're playing from behind already. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's uh, another thing that I would say. to help establish your good credit. A um, couple other quick things that I will say. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, Experian has something called Experian Boost. And I have it and I use it and I encourage everyone to use Experian Boost. Uh, for those that may not know what Experian Boost is, um, if you have, uh, if you pay your, uh, your cell phone, out of your bank account. If you have streaming TV, most streaming TV services are now covered. Um, if you pay your utilities, if you pay your cell phone, if you pay your home internet 
out of your uh, bank account. Uh, you can actually input your information in Experian Boost. Experian Boost will take a look. And if you have paid any of these things, your Netflix can now be used. Your Apple TV can now be used. Um, your Hulu and, and Disney Plus can now be used. If you've paid any of these things at least three times in the last six months, Experian takes those payments and counts them as positive payments and it boosts your credit score. Why is that important? Because we mentioned earlier, on-time payments, positive payments, 35% of your credit score it is the biggest chunk of your credit score. Uh, and so uh, anyone that has not used Experian Boost yet, it is free to use. Log into your Experian and get your Experian Boost. If you don't have an Experian account, get a free Experian account. I would recommend don't go straight through Experian. Go through freecreditscore.com. Go through freecreditscore.com. And the reason I say that is because if you go straight through Experian, you can get your credit report for free, but you may not be able to see your FICO score for free. In freecreditscore.com, you can see your credit report and your FICO score for free. And then you can use Experian Boost uh, from there. The other thing uh, that I will say quickly is um, we were talking about parents co-signing uh, for mm -hmm. children and established children. What a great alternative to that is something called self. It used to be called self lender. It's now called self. Uh, okay. You can actually start a self account. Um, it is backed by uh, one of the most reliable, secure banks in America. Um, if you start an account, basically what it does is um, if you pay, um, I think the lowest one was like $500 or something like that. Um, it was like $43, $44 a month. If you pay the $43, $44 a month for 12 months, it all goes into a savings account. At the end of that 12 months, you get all of that money back plus 4% interest. Oh, wow. And what that does is it establishes 12 months of positive payment history, which, again, is the biggest chunk of your credit score, which causes your score to increase. Wow. Wow. Uh, before I let you go, uh, please let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Uh, the services that you offer, um, you know, the floor is yours. Uh, Thank you. Let, let um, uh, I am, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I am the founder of PRL Credit Solutions. You can reach us at prlcreditsolutions.com, prlcreditsolutions.com. You can also reach us on Facebook uh, at PRL Credit Solutions. We're also on Instagram uh, as well. Uh, you can go to the Facebook PRL Credit Solutions Facebook page. You can click on the book now button and schedule a free appointment uh, with me and I'll sit down with you and we'll talk about your credit and we'll talk about how we can help you build a better credit profile. Um, I offer uh, credit counseling, which credit repair is part of the package. So uh, we will talk to you about what needs to happen in order to be able to build your credit. Um, and give you information, tools, and tips and resources to help you take control of your own credit future. And we will partner with you to do so. So go to prlcreditsolutions.com, go to uh, the PRL Credit Solutions Facebook page, click on the Book Now button, and schedule your free appointment. We have uh, slots available. Um, you can schedule your free appointment, and we will sit down with you. We'll take a look at your uh, uh, credit, uh, credit situation. And we will talk about how to help you build a great, better credit profile. The, the, basically, in a nutshell, the path 
and the process goes like this. Um, we send you some paperwork, you fill out the paperwork, send it back to us. We do what's called a credit analysis where we pull all three credit reports. We will go through them with a fine tooth comb and we will prepare an actual report that I will send to you mm-hmm. um, that will tell you, here's where you are, here's where you said you wanna be, and here's the roadmap on how to get there. Here's where step one, step two, step three, and we're gonna walk through this process for six months, eight months, or 12 months, depending on the program that you select. And we will give you uh, monthly updates on how things are going, as well as other updates from time to time. If we happen to see, you know, for example, we notice your experience score goes up 11 points, we'll probably send you a text or something that says, congratulations, uh, we noticed your uh, score went up. And so uh, it's, a, it's a, a very open and transparent process. And we want it to be open and transparent because we want you to know not just what is happening, but why it's happening so that you can be empowered to take control of your own credit future. Well, Mr. Paul Lester, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, This is helping me so much. And uh, my goal is if we can just help one person, if we can just help one person by doing this, you know, we've achieved something. So listen, in in that same spirit, I'm with you. I am on a mission um, to uh, raise the city of the average credit score of the city of Indianapolis above that of the national average. Um, even above that of the state average. And so that's kind of my personal mission. Uh, so uh, we're definitely in, and it's like you said, if we, you know, the next person, uh, if we can educate the next person and educate the next person, uh, then we'll be well on our way to empowering uh, our community to be uh, financially stable and healthy and, and be able to enjoy life better. Well, I'm giving you a key to the front door just hit me up. I want to come back and we'll do this again, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Appreciate you. Have a good night. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you, sir.